Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Well, this morning, uh, we are going to jump into the Word of God together, and it is Palm Sunday, right? And uh, really a great time for us to step in and into our uh, uh, connection with the Lord. And today we're going to have this opportunity to celebrate it. Uh, But as we do, we need to take a step back to grab a hold of the right perspective here this morning. uh, Because we need to have the perspective of who we are really focusing on. And uh, it's not a preacher, it's not a worship team, uh, even in some sense it's not one another, although we have those relationships and those are important. Uh, But have you ever known someone uh, that uh, you didn't think you knew very much about? Maybe you didn't know very much about their story, and, uh, and you, then all of a sudden you heard their story, and you started getting a glimpse of, of who they really were, and maybe some of the impact that they've had in the world that they live in. They, they may not have a name that's out in front of other people. They not, may not be well-known. Uh, it may be a family member or a friend who was fairly quiet, uh, and uh, only, only for you uh, to find that they opened their home to those who were needy. It could be that they were a person that talked somebody down off of a bridge. I mean, there's so many things, and yet you realize that their job is, is a local cashier at the convenience store. That's their job. Yet, they're a person who has had impact on their world and impact in the lives of others because they have been willing to reach out with compassion. Uh, you, you never would have expected that that person had so much a- impact. And I'm sure that there are people who are sitting around you right now that have had that type of impact. And, and with that in mind, we realize that there are those that we really don't know that about until we hear their stories. And sometimes you may look at others and may not have even recognized the things that God has done through their lives. One of the pastors that I worked with some years ago was definitely a person that had made a good impact uh, in others' lives, and it wasn't until I, I, I started personally hearing his stories. Uh, I had been around him quite a bit, but, but when, I, when we really started serving together in one particular church, uh, I started hearing these stories. I knew that, you know, he had t- uh, God had used him in many different ways. Uh, but when I started hearing the stories, I, I found that this pastor had uh, was actually had been a missionary. I knew that, and he had uh, he had been on some of the great teams that established the Assemblies of God churches uh, in the country of Panama. And I knew that he was a preacher and he was a church planner and did some things like that. But I didn't realize until I, I interacted with him more on a one-on-one basis the impact that he had in the world. In fact, uh, the general superintendent from that, from that nation there in Panama, they, they were very good friends because that man came to faith under this pastor that I worked with. And you just don't always realize, you don't always know who it is that's around you until you hear some stories of what God has done. And I'd even read that guy's books. 
even read, his, read some of his books, but it wasn't until I listened and heard the stories that I understood what God had done. And how many of us really are like this? And you may have read the stories in the Bible, or at least you may have heard them, but it just, just hasn't clicked for you maybe yet. And maybe you were like me, and, and that you didn't get it until you really experienced it through that personal interaction and that personal story. But, but as we look together at Jesus, I hope that you see him for who he really is. Because he is more than a prophet. Amen. Jesus is more than a prophet. He's more than someone who spoke for God. He is more than a prophet who pointed people towards God. He is more than a prophet. In the Gospel of Matthew, uh, we find Jesus coming to Jerusalem for the last time before the cross. And on his arrival, he's riding, a, he's riding the colt, uh, the colt of a donkey, uh, and uh, people are treating him well by throwing their jackets on the ground, and as what we may say today, and they're throwing some palm trees uh, leaves down there so that his uh, donkey can walk across them. It's really, a, for them at that time, it was like rolling out the red carpet uh, for the person who is important of the day, and that's what they were doing. And, but this time he was arriving uh, as, a, as a king, and the people celebrated by saying, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. These people were excited. It was Passover. And what, what was Passover? It was a reminder of the people of Israel coming out of slavery and being delivered and going through the Red Sea and coming to their promised land where God had revealed to them hope and he had provided them salvation. It was something he had done for them. Uh, and I don't think, though, that when Jesus was actually coming into Jerusalem that day, I don't know that they really understood who he was and what he was doing. Uh, it, it just hasn't clicked for them at this point. And if you look with me over in Matthew chapter 21, and then later we'll pull over into Mark chapter 9 together, but in, in Matthew chapter 21 verse 10, it, it says this, it says that when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So the question, was he a prophet? Well, yes, he was. In some sense, he was a prophet, but that does not explain who he is well enough. Because some leave him that way. And in Arabic, they say, Nabi Isa. They, uh, I probably say it wrong, or Nabi Isa. Uh, and uh, it, it, that he's just simply a prophet. But it's more than that. I think you need to be able to follow with me back to Mark 9 here to see, uh, to gain some insight into Jesus and to let the, these things click as to why he is so important for you today. Why he's so important for each and every one of us today. In Mark chapter 9, verse 1, it says this, And he said to them, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John uh, with him and led them up to a high mountain where they were all alone, 
There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. I like the way the newer NIV says that. Uh, They're whiter than anyone could bleach those things. And in verse 4 it says, And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses, who were talking with Jesus. See, this was an open vision before them where they got a glimpse of heaven. And I know there's some theological terms that come in here like a theophany, but you don't have to worry about that. But what we understand that God is revealing himself and he's revealing who his son is. Now, let's move on here. In verse 5, he says this. Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. I like what he says here in verse 6, what, what, what Mark records. He says, he did not know what to say. They were so frightened. They were a little scared. Verse 7, then a cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. Suddenly, when they looked around, they, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. And then he goes on in verse 9, and he writes, and, and they were coming down, as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, just discussing what rising from the dead meant. They had no idea. And so here, remember, this is three of the twelve. This isn't all the twelve that went up the mountain. It was three of them that were closest to Jesus at this point. And it's been one thing for these disciples to be with Jesus and ministering to people, to their needs, and, the, 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 and seeing God do some wonderful miracles. And according to Mark's gospel before this, uh, they were recently with Jesus when he fed 4,000 people with a little bit of food. Not much at all. And so this has happened recently. Then before that, Jesus heals a child of a woman over on the coast who wasn't even Jewish. Wow, how could he do that? Why would he do that? This lady was a Phoenician. You know, they're the shippers, right? They, they're known for their ships and all that stuff. But before this, Jesus raises a girl from the dead. And her dad was what we may call today the local pastor. He was Jairus, the, the synagogue leader at that point. And we can go on and on with the miracles that Jesus did with his disciples as they shared hope with people. Now you have these three guys. These three people, you have Peter, James, and John, and they have had experienced Jesus in a higher level than they ever have. And Peter, Peter you can tell it in the story here, in the, in the account, Peter was so freaked out by what took place to him, or what took place there with Jesus looking so dazzling white, that, and now seeing Moses and Elijah, remember, who had been gone for a couple centuries or so, and he was, he was freaked out, and he said, maybe we should just build each one of you guys a house. Maybe that's what we need to do. I don't know what I would say if I would have been in that situation with him. Maybe I would have said the same thing. I don't know. And verse 7, we see what God the Father says. Because we have a glimpse here of what the Father says. In verse 7 it says, Then a cloud appeared and covered them. And a voice came from the cloud, This is my Son, whom I love. 
listen to him. It's like God, the Father, was saying, if you can't figure out what I'm doing, at least you need to know this one thing. This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. And as we heard this morning with that special word, that he's alive. Jesus was much more than a prophet, a, a proclaimer of God's word. He was more than a prophet who would tell you what God is going to do in the days ahead or the years ahead. He, he is much more than that. And if you're going to follow God's way, then you need to be able to listen to him. goes for all of us, right? For each and every one of us, we need to listen to him. Listening can be a challenge for people, can't it? It can be a challenge to listen. I know, I've sat, I've sat in the chairs that you sat in too sometimes. And sometimes we're exciting and sometimes we're not up here. But, but we understand that listening can be challenging. For, for some, it can be a, a formality though. Oh, one of our former presidents in the United States, uh, President Franklin Roosevelt, he often had, had to deal with a lot of uh, people that would come through and shake his hands in those receiving lines and stuff. And, and one day he got so tired of it because he complained that nobody really ever listened to what he said. And so one day he decided, hey, I'm going to fix this. I am going to see who is listening to me when they come by and he's shaking their hands. And, and so to, to each person who passed down the line, he shook their hand and then he mumbled something. I won't say exactly what he said, pretty extreme, but he said uh, really an absurd statement about hurting someone. And, and the guests responded with phrases like, marvelous, keep up the good work. Somebody and others would say, we're proud of you. God bless you, sir. And they go on with all the formalities with that. But, but it was much more than that because they didn't listen. And finally, uh, he keeps saying the same thing. And then, then finally, the ambassador to Bolivia of Bolivia uh, uh, comes through and uh, they sh their hands shake and uh, interacts with him. And he says the same thing. And that person listened to what he said. And he said, I'm sure they had it coming. So it's like, it's like, but, but a terrible thing to say. But, but listening to Jesus, God's word must not simply be something that we just have to do out of duty. It has to be more than that. And Peter, James, and John, they had been challenged by God himself uh, and uh, not only to honor Jesus by simply being in his ministry assistance, because they were there, they were serving with him. They were part of those miracles that was God, God was doing. So they were in a special place and had a wonderful connection with the Lord. Uh, but yet, the, the Father was saying, you need to do, there has to be more to it than this. They were listening, but were they hearing? Because one of the heaven, once the heavens were closed up and they were left with Jesus by themselves, they started back down the mountain, right? We saw it in the account there, and then Jesus told them something that confused them. In verses 9 and 10, he said something there. He says, and they were coming down the mountain. Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone that they had seen what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. And we know he recall he referred to himself as the Son of Man. 
And verse 10, it says, And they kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. Now, not long before this, Jesus performed the miracle of raising Jairus' daughter. Uh, we, they, they know they've seen some powerful miracles that God had done uh, through their lives. And so the disciples understood and they believed, as the Pharisees even believed themselves, uh, that the resurrection of the saints would happen. That those who had died and uh, would, would be raised, those who are righteous would die, would be raised again. And so... But, but, that, but what does Jesus mean here? Put yourself in their shoes before the cross. And so they may not have even said anything to the other disciples. It's possible that none of the rest of the disciples knew what happened at this point because he told them to keep it to, himself, to themselves. And so they, they probably had no idea, but they, but they listened to Jesus, and it didn't totally click yet. The sad thing was is that when things got tough later on, when Jesus was arrested, Peter disowned Jesus, but even before he did that, he did fight for him, right? He he fought for him, Uh, and then, then confusion got the upper hand in Peter's life, but when Jesus was raised, Peter made things right with the Lord. It seemed it only clicked for them after the resurrection. I... I don't think I want to look back on the situation and say, well, those guys should have been smarter than that. No, that's not the right attitude at all. We, we, I probably would have done the same. You probably would have done the same thing that they did. I don't know that anybody fully got it at that point. Sometimes we, we, uh, we realize that uh, people follow Jesus and even listen to Jesus, but things get tough. And we don't quite understand it, and we fall away like Peter, we disown him. Confusion gets the upper hand in our spiritual walk with God, and, and then things click, and then we start to understand, and finally we make things right with Jesus, and it's then that we start to listen to Jesus again. We open our hearts to hear His Word. We open our hearts to listen to that still, small voice of the Lord that speaks to us again. And it's then that we understand what rising from the dead really means. Not only for Jesus, but for us as well. It's not just for Jesus, because when we put our faith in Jesus, we too rose from, from, the, from that spiritual death that we were in before we came to faith in Christ. Matthew chapter 21, verse 11 says this. It says, The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. So the question was, uh, is he a prophet? Well, yes, he is. He was a prophet, but, but that doesn't reveal who he was enough, right? Uh, because he is more than a prophet. And as Mark 9, verse 7 says here, that this is my son whom I love. This passage takes us really to another book in the Bible to build on that truth that Jesus is not only a prophet, and that's over in the book of Hebrews, that wonderful and powerful book, Hebrews chapter 1. You can turn over there with me if you like. It should be on the screen for you as well. And he says it this way in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, at many times and in various ways. Now we understand that, that the writer of Hebrews is writing to people who are Jewish 
by, by their uh, background, but they had been become followers of Jesus, the Messiah. And so now in verse 2, he says, But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. Verse 3, he says, The Son, that's a capital S, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. See, this Jesus that rode up to Jerusalem uh, on that colt wasn't just a prophet like Moses or a king like David, although he was a prophet and his, and his throne as a king in the line of David will last forever. We know the word of God tells us that. Hebrews reveals a truth about the Son of God, Jesus. There, there was a reason God the Father told Peter, James, and John to listen to him. Why? Because he's God's word to us. He said in verse 2 in Hebrews chapter 1, he said, uh, But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. Sometimes I wonder how, how much the 12 disciples even understood when the Son of God, uh, when the Son of God Himself was living and breathing with them in person as a, as a human being. Uh, if, if, uh, when He was t teaching them the ways of God, how much they understood. We know uh, it clicked for them later on. We realize that. But how much do we understand that when we are in the, in the thick of things? Because we go through the thick of things in life, right? Uh, things happen in life and things aren't always easy. Sometimes things go really easy and great. Other th times they can be difficult. But, but uh, how do we, how do we uh, listen to him? How do we view him when we walk through the thick of things? It may be that God has showed up on the scene for some of you recently. He may have done something for you specifically. Or maybe you're still in just the thick of things right now, but know that he can still step on the scene for you in your life because he's faithful. He may have put some things together for you, but have you noticed the work of God in your life? It's important that we do. Have you thanked him for what he's done? We have to be able to thank him for his goodness Jesus has been willing to speak into our lives. And, and when we crack open the Gospels, we can hear Him. When we open the New Testament letters, we, we can hear the voice of the Lord speaking to us as well. Are, are you listening to the Son? Are you allowing the Son to speak into your lives? We see the Son, Jesus, is more than a prophet because in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, he even shows us that God the Father appointed Jesus the Son, uh, heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. You realize that matches up with the Apostle John said as well. And I'm going to read all of his passage, but you can read the verse first on your own, but... Uh, uh, we, we see what the Apostle John said. Remember, John and Peter were together there with James and Jesus when that transfiguration happened. When, when he revealed himself in such a powerful way, they, they, they were there. 
But, but we can find something in John chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. You can read verse 1 on your own, but verse 2 and 3, it says, He was with God in the beginning, referring to Jesus. Uh, uh, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Now, I may not be able to explain to you all the details of the Trinity. But there's too many scriptures that show the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit working together. And we even understand that the the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters at creation. We know that God's Spirit was revealing Himself at that point in that time as well. Uh, Why is Jesus just more than a prophet? Why? Well, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful powerful word. And after he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, of God the Father. So this Jesus who rode into town with the red carpet rolled out on his limo, which was the choice of a a colt and a donkey, he was not just a prophet, he was not just a man of God. This Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. See, no prophet could ever claim that. No prophet. In fact, Jesus is the exact representation of God's being. That's what the Word teaches us. This truth is almost overwhelming, really, for us to be able to think about it, because we're finite people. There's an end to our understanding. There's an end to our knowledge Uh, And we don't get it all, right? I don't know about you. Maybe you do better than me, but I don't get it all. And it seems like the more I study, the less I realize I know. Uh, But but we we understand who Jesus is. To some level, we understand it. Something special about those words that he writes there. Jesus not only humbled himself, to live among mankind, but he humbled himself to be able to provide purification for your sins and for my sins. That is a major thing in my book, that our sins could be washed away because God's a holy God. And without holiness, the scripture says, no one will see the Lord, absolutely no one. But that purification that Jesus provided for us was more than enough. And then he was glorified or lifted back up to be with the Father, to sit down and to take his place beside the Father in heaven. You know, sometimes people find it hard to be able to receive a gift from others. You know, not everybody's that way. Some, some it's easy for them to do it. Others, it's not. But, but, but they, uh, some feel like they, they need to pay for that gift, and it's just the way it is. And that person may never uh, say to others, uh, you know, oh, no, I, I don't want that gift. Uh, let me pay for it. They're not going to say that. But uh, sometimes they'll let their pride get in the way of receiving. And they don't want to feel humbled. They don't want to feel belittled, so they won't take the gift. 
And that happens sometimes to people. It may be that they, they feel like they aren't good enough so that uh, they, can't, they aren't willing to admit that they need that gift as well. So, so there's some things that go through people's minds and their hearts, right? And so uh, say you have a truck outside and you go out to your truck and, and you find when you go, put the, go to put the keys in the thing, it won't start. And you know the battery's dead. So if the battery's dead, what do you need? You need somebody to jump it, right? Just what, 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 you, what's what you need. You got to have somebody to jump it. So there you are at your truck. Other people drive by and they say, hey, can we help you? Uh, we see you need a jump. And you say, no, 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 I got it. And so, and so they come by and somebody else comes dragging some uh, uh, jumper cables with them and said, hey, we see you need a jump. We'll help you out. No, 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 I don't need a jump. And so finally, they just they keep saying that because they don't want somebody to help them. And then finally, the second person comes along, they have jumper cables, and they said, look, we're going to help you. And so they jump your truck, you get it going and everything, and then you say, oh, here's $20. I've got to pay you for that. They said, no, it's free. It's a gift. No, I have to pay you for it. Sometimes we have to be able to step back, and sometimes I think we, we, we treat the Lord in the same way. Jesus did something for you and for me that no prophet could ever do. He went to the cross for us, and then he purified us with his blood, uh, and so that we could be forgiven. We don't have to hand him a $20 bill and say, thank you. Do we do that? Sometimes people do that. But we have to understand that his freedom is for us. That forgiveness is made available to us. And for us, Jesus did that out of his own goodness, out of his own kindness, because he's the son of the living God. The father sent him so that we could be forgiven, so that our sins could be wiped away, so that we could be made new, so that we could have hope. Jesus is more than a prophet. No prophet could do what he did. We all know we need it. We just have to humble ourselves before him. I don't know, in the days gone by, in the recent months, and the last year, maybe things got tough for you, and you needed to be able to, to put yourself before the Lord and say, Lord, here I am. I humble myself before you. I need you, and I need that. I need that forgiveness. I need that redemption. Maybe for you, maybe you feel like you're Peter. Maybe you feel like, you know what, I, I kind of ran the other way. I, I, I fought for Jesus. I fought for him. You know, I got the one guy's ear. You know the deal. I, I got that, but I ran the other direction. And maybe you feel like you've denied him three times. I don't know where you're at today, but, but as a follower of Jesus today, if you've served him and you've walked, you can come back to him and allow him to work in your life. And allow him to bring healing in your life. All we have to do is humble ourselves before him. Peter himself had disowned Jesus when times got tough. He had walked away, not only in his heart, but in Peter's typical fashion, right? He, he, he did so verbally three times. But later on, when Jesus offered him that opportunity to receive forgiveness, Peter accepted it. He swallowed the, uh, the pride pill, so to speak. He swallowed it. And that same Peter wrote these words to remember the experience that he had on the mountain that we read about this morning in the Transfiguration. He, he wrote him in 2 Peter 
chapter 1, verse 18. It's a reminder. I don't have it on the screen for you, but he says, We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. See, he, he remembered again. He, he had fought for Jesus. He gave up on Jesus. He came back to Jesus, and he remembered what how took place on that mountain. He's the same guy that said, hey, you're the Christ, the son of the living God, right? He, he said that too, but, he, but even after that, he walked away. Do you remember what the father said that day? Was it, a, what is it, was it a theological statement like, oh, Jesus is a prophet, or Jesus is a holy man, or, or Jesus is a good man? As many would say, no, it, it wasn't either one of them. God the Father said, this is my son, whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Would you stand with me? And would you listen to him today? He's not just a prophet. He's a son. He's the son. He is the Savior, the one who offers to us hope, forgiveness, a new life, freedom, deliverance, so many things. He didn't give his life at the time of Passover for no reason. Because the children of Israel who were enslaved, who were broken, who were pulled down, were delivered by God with power through that Red Sea. And it's like God said, you know what? I'm going to show you a much more powerful deliverance than you've ever seen in your life. And that's going to be the deliverance of your souls. That you may have eternal life and that you may have the freedom that only Christ can bring to you as he brings you hope. We're going to pray this morning. Uh, our prayer, prayer teams will come down. and be glad for you to pray. If you have need, if you'd like for one of us to pray with you, we would love to do so. Just ask that you wear your, wear your mask when we pray for you. Open your hearts to him this morning. Let me pray for you. Maybe this is some morning you need to make something right with God. I don't know your mind. I don't know your heart. Only God does. Maybe there's something that you need to bury the hatchet with him and say, Lord, here I am. Why don't we take this time to do that? Lord, as we stand before your presence this morning, we open our hearts to you, Lord. And we ask you, Father God, to cleanse each and every person, Lord. Father, for those that say in their heart, you know what, Lord, I realize I need you. And I'm going to be willing to humble myself to receive that gift that you're offering to me today. Father, I pray that you, Lord, would start a new work in each one of these individuals that have said, that's me today. That is me I'm going to reestablish my faith. I'm going to reestablish my walk. And I'm going to follow you, Jesus, for the rest of my days. Lord, we thank you. And we give ourselves to you this morning. In Jesus' name.